What is Ahsoka's strength? She is fearless. That can also be a weakness. Is she a worthy apprentice? No one has her kind of determination. Except you. I'll find her. This may not be within your power. Whatever you're trying to say, Master Plo, just say it. I am suggesting that perhaps, if you have trained her well, she shall take care of herself and find a way back to you. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode, Ahsoka Tano is taken by dastardly sport hunters who want to hunt her for sport. Left on the Wesker moon, she teams up with three former Jedi younglings and together the four do all they can to survive the evil Trandoshans. Hey, troops, it's your old buddy Bucho on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars. And next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars. He's the Khalifa to my, uh, the Ahsoka to my Khalifa. No, let's not do that, Robbie. This is the, what was the last episode the, the, when, I, when I said you were the Uncle Anna and then what happened to Uncle Anna? Let's just say you're the Anakin's Marasoka. And it's our trusty pal Robbie. Hey, how's it going? And you better believe we are here to talk about the 65th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's written by Bonnie Hunt and it's directed by Dave Filoni himself. It's season three, episode one, Padawan Lost. So Robbie, how about we roll out with you letting us know have you ever hunted human beings for sport? I have not. No. No, I have not. I just wanted to check right at the start of the episode so everyone knows where we stand on this issue. I haven't, to be clear, to make it clear, I haven't hunted human beings or other sentient beings for sport either. But what did you remember about this episode before you rewatched it again this week? I mean, it's weird how this one is the first of, of two, right, that wraps up season three. And I feel like I remembered a lot about them, but... There were a lot of things that surprised me watching it, I guess, because, you know, I focus on character, right? So for me, there's not a whole lot to learn in these episodes, but it's an interesting plot to put Ahsoka in. So that's what I remembered mostly is that you kind of learn a lot about kind of where Ahsoka is with her skills and the way that she views herself as a Padawan. But yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, I definitely remember the the Trandoshans and the hunts and and, and all those things. But, I mean, there was a lot of, uh, you know, same as many of the other arcs where what I remember is like a mixture of the two episodes. It's sort of the whole arc that I'm remembering. So, but yeah, there you go. Did you remember that the mission at the start was led by one of our favorites, Plo Koon? You know, honestly, that was what I didn't remember. I was like, wait a minute. I thought this was the... I'm confused. Wait, am I on the wrong episode? What am I doing? And yeah, I forgot that that's how this whole arc starts is with them uh, attacking that base on Felucia. So yeah, it was uh, it totally caught me off guard because I couldn't remember how this happened and what happened. Yeah, Plo Koon is his usual awesome self in this episode. He leads the mission and he makes it look easy. I mean, they pretty much roll in there and have almost no resistance, right? But when Ahsoka turns up missing... 
thought it was interesting that Plo Koon wastes no emotional energy on the matter. He simply counsels Anakin that Anakin's emotions are clouding his judgment. And then at the end, Plo Koon has that beautiful and kind of heartbreaking scene with Anakin where Anakin is being torn apart inside, right? Because he doesn't know where his battle one is. And you really feel for Anakin in that moment. And Plo Koon has Anakin tell him that Ahsoka is fearless and that she has determination like no other. And then Plo Koon tells Anakin that if he's trained his Padawan well, then she will find her way back to him. And we talked about it in a previous episode about how Plo Koon seems like a super solid, super advanced Jedi. He's right up there with Yoda. I mean, that might be going a bit too far, but right up there, at least with Obi-Wan, and being a guy that seems super solid and super reliable and a guy you just want around, right? Yeah, I mean, the, a lot of that stuff is, you know, the, what he's saying, from a, especially from a Jedi mindset, you know, that, that point of view, that, that way of thinking, very, very wise. The only issue is, you know, if you've trained her well, she'll make it, make her way back <laughs> yeah. to you. But then if, he, if she didn't make it back to him, what, what would that have done to Anakin, you know? Sure. Would he have been able to have the strength to, you know, I mean, would that have put him on a different path? You know, it's, it's kind of an interesting, you know, what if scenario. But, but yeah, uh, I still think that you're right. I mean, he's, he's definitely, he definitely brings the wisdom, you know, you know, to any situation, really. And of course, speaking of the Jedi ways, Robbie, one of the things we see in this episode is that Ahsoka, after meeting the young ones, Ahsoka refuses to follow the ways of those other young ones. And she runs off on her own and she's almost immediately in trouble. And she's saved by Khalifa, who begins to force choke the Trandoshan. And that leads Ahsoka to stop Khalifa and counsel Khalifa that killing out of hatred is not the Jedi way. And this idea that they shouldn't kill these things that are trying to kill them. This was tough for me to deal with in this episode. Robbie, how did you like the way that they implemented this idea that you shouldn't kill out of hatred, shouldn't kill out of revenge, even when, from a certain point of view, I think that it seemed almost like self-defense, didn't it? I think there's a difference between defending an attack and stopping an attacker versus you coming up behind somebody and choking them to death. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a big difference. And I think the force choke, I think that's one thing that I've always kind of had in my head that the using the force to choke somebody has always been a very offensive attack. And it's always been something that's very, like it's almost damaging. It, I'm almost thinking in terms of like Harry Potter and the way that <laughs> there are the, the unforgivable curses, right? In, in Harry Potter, but... What I'm trying to say is, is there's a difference between, you know, defending yourself and someone dying because you're defending yourself and you going on the attack and doing something that is not really a defensive move, you know? Right. It, it's a, it, it's an offensive move and it's, it's sort of, uh, the difference, it, I mean, gosh, it kind of points to, uh, the sort of idea that's in The Last Jedi. There's a difference between joining a battle to defend what you love versus killing what you hate. You know what I mean? Sure. There's a big difference there. And I think there's a a difference in the in the mindset of those that especially Ahsoka, I mean, I think she's got the right idea here. But it is it, it is walking that very, very fine line though. You know? Sure. Well, someone who seems to come to agree eventually that Ahsoka has the right idea is Khalifa herself. And she goes from scared to fierce pretty much because of that energy that Ahsoka brings that she's not going to run she's going to find a way to fight and 
While I liked Khalifa and I liked the actor playing her, the performance from Gwendolyn Yeo was solid. I did find that turn from flight mode to fight mode for Khalifa just a little unconvincing. And I think it's another case of the Clone Wars taking like a familiar story beat and shaping it into a Clone Wars beat. And I've done this so well at other times, but I just didn't think, I didn't think this scene was flat out bad or anything. It just felt a little too much like a story beat they needed to hit and not enough like a legit moment of character development, not organic enough, especially since their decision to follow Ahsoka's lead comes immediately after they've kind of proven correct that taking on the Trandoshans is too much, even for Ahsoka. So, I don't know, how did you feel about that scene, Roby? Well, it's, I feel like kind of what you're saying is sort of a limitation of episodic TV, you know? You kind of need to wrap up all of your points in a 22-minute arc, and if it's going to be a two-parter, you've got to end each segment in its own convincing way, and sometimes it works better than others. And I think that this, this is a story where it almost feels like it could have been a multiple episode arc, not just two episodes, but maybe three or four. I don't know if that would have worked to be able to take the time with these Padawans or I guess young Jedi, however, younglings, whatever you, whatever they end up, because we don't really, we don't really learn anything about them. Sure. You know, oh, one's really, really scared. One's the leader, but she's pensive and you know what I mean? It's, there's, they're just caricatures really. Because we don't get enough time to learn. I mean, how long have they been on the planet? They they call themselves younglings. Does that mean that they they were trained for five minutes and thrown out there? How much power do they actually have? Ahsoka definitely seems to be the mo- the most experienced of all of all of them. But there's just a lack of characterization there that it makes the story feel a bit hollow because of that. Well, even if the new characters don't quite grab us in this episode, Robbie is kind of bracing uh, i don't know if that's even the right word it is kind of it sets you back on your heels a little bit when you think about how we've seen many many clone troopers die so far and several jedis too i'm a gun die nadar verb and of course who can forget the brutal torture death of bola Rapal, and maybe the saddest deaths of all prior to this episode that we've seen in the clone wars r2's personal battle droid trio who heroically <laughs> sacrificed themselves so that the good guys could defeat Commander Sobek's forces and escape the Citadel but I guess the point I'm getting towards here is in something we've never seen before happens in this episode where a child is killed a child is killed for sport in this children's show yeah. it's not just that a child dies that it they're hunting, they're hunting children. This episode's about hunting children for sport. I mean, that's something, really. Well, and that, that's one of the things that I was going to bring up is that it, this is an amazingly violent episode <laughs> or arc even, you know? I mean, there's just... Think about everything that, that happens in this episode, just this episode. You know, they're taking pot shots at random people <laughs> and just killing people, for, like you said, for sport. Two of them don't even make it off the beach, you know, at the beginning. And you're just like, wow, this is harsh. And then even the bad guy, you know, Dar, right? His death is pretty... I mean, that is just... Wow. He's impaled by the... I mean, by these... I mean, I don't know, man. This is uh, very, very, very violent and very rough. I mean, I get the point. Some of the, the ideas of 
character development. It's almost like they're saying, you know what, we need to put Ahsoka in this sort of situation to build up her character. But man, like you said, this is such a... It's hardcore, man. I mean, it is rough. It is a rough couple of episodes. And her death is... Wow. And the way... It's when you you spell it out, they hunt children for sport. Yeah, that's, that's pretty rough. Yeah, and the, I mean, and one of them, and they win. They yeah. get a win. They kill one of those children. We watched, like I said, we've seen deaths of other, plenty of other characters, but none of them were children. <laughs> These children were snatched up, taken away to live this terrifying, terrifying life on this island, and then one of them never makes it off. I mean, that's dark, Robbie. I don't know if there's a darker. I mean, I always come back to Bolera Paul being tortured to death. He was at least a Jedi. Yeah. You know? But these were young. I don't know. I don't want to hit this point too hard because, you know, we don't want to. We don't want to depress the troops out there. <laughs> but but it's just interesting that this was something that they did on a kids show. Yeah. And of course, we just talked about Da and the Trandoshans, and we've praised the show a lot, especially in the early episodes, or at least I did, when it was still all super new to me, for how skilled the showmakers have been when it came to designing the clone troopers in ways which meant we could easily tell them apart. And it's something we haven't actually mentioned on the show for a while now, but they started out doing it very well and they only got better at it, if anything. But unfortunately, for me at least, they don't do quite as good a job at making these Trandoshan hunters nearly as distinct. And so, I mean, you, if you pay real close attention you, and you listen, they're calling this one Dar and this one, I mean, I think Dar is the only one with the name. I don't know, but I don't know if, if I need to take a colorblindness test or something, but I just... They all look pretty much the same to me, and the Trandoshans also look like much simpler models than most of the Season 3 characters, too. It's like Season 1 models got transported to Season 3. I don't know. How did you find the art and animation style of these Trandoshans, Robbie? Well, it's weird, because you talk about how their models and everything seem a bit, I guess, archaic in, in comparison to some of the recent episodes that we've been watching. But what's strange is that one of the things that Dave Filoni hits on in his making of on these two episodes is all of the improvements that were made on the environment because the environment he said when he was trying to describe this as being sort of like you know like a bramble or like you know a cluster of thorns and bushes and but on a larger scale so that people could go in and out of them i mean when you when you really stop and pay attention and look you're like okay you know what this is a very very dense forest of and there's butterflies and ants and and textures and grass and this and that and so this was at least technically for the environment was a very 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 i mean it was a pivotal episode for them yeah the environment's awesome yeah and so that that's one thing that that it like you said it's it's strange that they the trandoshans almost looked like something from season one and then the environments are like insanely, <laughs> insanely detailed and very, very dense with information. So it's 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 really neat that they they were able to make those. I mean, especially all the volumetric. I've talked about that before, but the lighting, the volumetric lighting with the almost like the dust particles or the it's just it looks gorgeous. I mean, it's just insane looking. But yeah, the the trend oceans very much look the same. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you could even argue that in some way it works because they are supposed to be this primitive species, you know, they seem pretty primitive in the way that they they are living, and so 
Maybe the fact that they look like primitive models, I don't know. From a meta point of view, maybe that works. But speaking of the environment, Robbie, it's time to talk about our favorite shot of the episode. And I would be flabbergasted if we don't have exactly the same shot. So I'm going to throw it to you. What was your favorite shot of Padawan Lost? My favorite shot, and I mean, this is going to be interesting because you're making it sound like it's completely obvious. I think there's one shot in this episode that is one of the best in the whole series and is a crazy standout shot. For me, it was the arrival to the youngling hideout. Yes. Boom. Yeah. That's the one. That's yours. That is awesome. Yeah. Yep. That was a beautiful, the way that the the camera sort of, it's almost like a drone shot, you know, that kind of, it pulls in, but it, it sort of rotates around and it's just as they're kind of, they're silhouetted against the, I guess, yeah. the, the moon or whatever, uh, which is, I believe, actually Trandosha or whatever. Right. The name of the planet. And they're on a moon of Trandosha, right? So, it, yeah, it's very, very, very nice shot. I think it's a very, yeah, it's a very long shot, right? And mm-hmm. The gang is moving across those gigantic tree branches and there's that blue, green, misty haze. The colors are amazing. And there's that huge planet looming kind of wondrously in the background. It's, uh, I mean, I take screenshots. After I get to the end, I go back and I get screenshots, you know, so we can have some options for our episode art. And I must have taken 12, 15 screenshots just from that scene, just trying to get the right one, just because there's so many of them that are painterly, I guess is the word we could use for it. That's, like I said, that's my favorite shot, not just of this episode. That's probably a top at least a top 10, maybe even a top five shot of the series so far. It's so beautiful. Hmm. But now it's time to sum up and give our ratings for Padawan Lost, Robbie. Where does this episode sit on that four-star Robbie scale? I got to be honest, I have a hard time grading this one because although I kind of feel like the character building for Ahsoka is important, I kind of just, I don't really care for the, for this arc. <laughs> so it's kind of like, eh. I don't think it was story-wise and 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 other character-wise, you know, the the other support for, for Ahsoka in this episode was kind of like, and I mean, you know what? I'm going to give it a three out of four because I do, I do believe that it's, it's not only important for the character building of Ahsoka, but it, I just changed my own mind right in the middle of me giving my, that's kind of interesting, but <laughs> I do like the fact that we get to see what Anakin feels sure. and I think that that's important I guess you could say character building but it's you know you almost don't need any more character building for Anakin at this point but I like seeing him almost in torment because of his helplessness I think that's that is worthy so yeah three out of four that's what I that's what I'm saying yeah I pretty much am along the same lines with you Robbie I thought that some of the dots weren't necessarily joined in the most elegant way you know they felt a little bit obligatory and what have you but for giving us that amazing shot that we were talking about and also just for having the I guess courage to decide that when it was time to make the episode paying tribute to the most dangerous game or running man or you know these this is a kind of story that's been told before and when they decided to make the Clone Wars version they decided to make it about hunting kids just for having the (laughs) courage to do that i've got to give this episode props i'm giving it six trandoshan raptor calls out of 10 robbie and that's mission accomplished for season three episode 21 padawan lost so robbie won't you please let the troops out there know what are our communications channels sure we are bucho and robbie at gmail twitter and instagram that's b-u-c-h-o-a-n-d-r-o-b-b-y 
Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 66th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's Season 3, Episode 22, Wookiee Hunt. And it so doesn't sound like it gets any better, Ravi. Yeah, there's more hunting coming up. And until then, this is your old buddy, Bucho, alongside your trusty pal, Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing this show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you.